What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Today I'm hosting one of the former and actually one of the first guests of the Halftime Snacks. Uh, he's a good friend out from Australia, from Perth. Uh, he's actually the founder and director of Pulpin Media, which is a great place for everything related to startups, uh, sports, technology and everything in between. Uh, he's a great, great friend and I can't wait for this new Uh, conversation here on the Halftime Snack. So allow me to introduce my good friend, Clint Vodinowski. Clint, welcome back to the Halftime Snacks, man. How are you? Oh, I'm going really well. Absolutely lovely speaking to you. Thank you for such a kind introduction as well. Such a pleasure. It's crazy how, you know, after almost uh, 90 episodes later, uh, we're still here, we're still back and we're ready for more. Uh, now we start conversations with an icebreaker, Clint. So, you know, as as life is starting to get back to normal and COVID, well, you could say normal, but as COVID is starting to fade away and countries are are being reopened, where's where's the place that you can't wait to travel uh, once you can? What what's the first place you're gonna go uh, oh. once once you you're you're able to fly? Amazing question. I actually have asked people this question a lot over the last six or so months. You always, I actually have used this as an icebreaker as well. It's like, what's the one place you 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 dream of or you want to travel to? Uh, probably, you know, my answer is I've never been there before. For me, my dream place, I'd like to go to Japan. Never been, but uh, it's, a, it's a place that I also want to go. But it's a great answer. You, you must go because you're close also. Australia is very close. So hope you get, <laughs> hope you get to go soon, Clint. Australia close. <laughs> Australia, is, Australia is a country where you can fly for five hours and you're still in Australia. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. I heard that before. Um, Clint, it's so nice to have you here um, again after, after a year and a half since we last spoke. Bullpen has changed. Uh, you have changed. I have changed. Content has changed. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we're still here, uh, which is great. Um, <laughs> and there's new, there's this new thing that you've came up with uh, quite recently for about six, seven weeks. You were you were you were saying uh, just just before we started that it, that is the deal tracker. Yes. Um, so how about you just first of all explain it? Explain super quickly, maybe 30 seconds. What what the deal tracker is? And where did the inspiration for it came from? Sure thing. See, bullpen itself is about bullpen is about producing original content, editorial interviews about companies, startups, products, technologies in sports, gaming, uh, marketing, media, assorted industries. And after doing that for a while, you begin to get interested in the funding and the deals that underpin a lot of the development of these companies. 
So you start looking at startups, you start reading more about them, you start looking at the funding, you start looking at deals. And then on January 1st this year, so 2022, I made the decision to track investment deals, funding deals, startup deals in sports, in media, in fitness, in gaming, in health, in wellness, bit of marketing, bit of e-commerce, music tech, music and music technology, Web3, Metaverse, NFTs. It's very, I started, so I've been doing this for roughly seven weeks now. So from January 1st, and the idea is just to track where deals are going, who, who is backing companies, who is investing in them. And the reason for these types of industries is that initially starting in sports, I always had this question of why sport doesn't coalesce with many other industries. You look at music, music coalesces, gaming coalesces with numerous industries. They make revenue from so many industries. Sport doesn't do it as widely as other industries. So I wanted to track deals and just to see what, what types of products and what types of companies and in what types of industries um, uh, what is occurring and what is being built. Very interesting. There's something, there's something um, about this that I like very much and that I can relate it very quickly to the stock market, which is where I work at. Uh, and that is how the money flows. And let me just give you a quick example of what yeah. I mean. Uh, money flow, it, it basically means where the money is going with specific types of events or at specific seasons. So, for instance, when there's a little bit more volatility in the markets, when there's a little bit more risk, when people are more uncertain, money tends to flow towards the safe haven known as the safe haven assets, right? Those are the bonds. Yeah. Those are the fixed income paying uh, securities, treasury bills, etc., that money flows it flows because it's like it it think about it as two buckets of water that it basically one is flowing it's the same water right the water is not spilling away it's not going yeah. anywhere but it's just money that it's going to a different direction so it's flowing away from one bucket and into another one and so the one the one yeah. thing that i like about about the deal tracker um, that you're you're telling us about is that it will give you a very very specific uh, or first row seat at looking at where the money is flowing, but in sports and in all these different industries yeah. and, and markets that you're mentioning. So I, I'm excited to hear like some of the different insights that you'll be able to hear or see from understanding where the money is flowing. Now, this is a lesson that maybe is related to, stock, to the stock market and things that I'm doing, but I wonder if there are other lessons or things that you you've seen so far i mean seven weeks probably not a lot but things that you've seen so far from the deal tracker or from deals or from funds or, or from serious types of series that you've 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 realized through, mm. through the tracker and that you maybe want to share with us or or share things that seemed interesting for you at first i've got that's a good question and i can answer there's several good answers to that I'll look at it from an investor standpoint and just, and just a total investment standpoint. Right now, a lot of VC money is pouring into startups. A lot of bets are being made. And when I look, I've looked at roughly, roughly about 200 or so deals in the last seven weeks. And 
the rounds, even if you're looking at a seed round, a series A round, they're very high. And a lot of companies are placing a lot of bets. You, like, you can look at a, a well-known VC firm like a Tiger Global. They will participate in a lot of rounds and place a lot of bets. It seems to be, it seems to be uh, a high-volume, high-betting kind of space now, the, the VC space. So that's one. And then the next thing is... The next thing is you look at, you don't look at an industry in isolation. So if you look at gaming, so you look at what type of gaming it is. It's, is it mobile gaming? Is it gaming studios? Is it, is it gaming and commerce? So you begin to look at patterns of industry and where deals are being created. You know, I could say one of the trends is higher valuations and a lot more money is going into mobile gaming focused companies so you don't say gaming as such you go it's mobile gaming so you look at these convergences of industries as well so you notice those kinds of patterns too yeah those are those are interesting insights and i'm sure that throughout time you're going to be you know seeing new and different types of of takeaways that are and probably will be very very valuable for different types of users could be like a, a including in stacks for venture capitalists to use or for types of investors angel investors or even like startups to start to you know sense how trends are moving um have you thought about who is like the ideal persona or who do you want to like provide this tool for is it like very general like Who's who's really the, the end user that you're trying to attract for the for it? So it's a good question for that's a great question. It's a good question for you know if startups when they put together their customer and user personas, that's something that they you have to keep nailing down. And then to turn that gaze onto me, I'm still learning about that. To be very truthful, I'm I haven't I haven't quite nailed who's the who's the user or the user personas. It's yes, it could be a startup, but probably not so. It's probably not so much as opposed to you'd be thinking VCs may use it as they assess where their partners are investing money, perhaps. And you'd also be looking at it could be rights holders who may well look at who may look at particular types of um, companies that they may want to partner with. If there's a particular solution or if they're building out a tech stack, that may be a sports rights holder. Yeah. So it's to, to really drill down and, and to really come up with those uh, uh, user personas. It's, I haven't got, um, I haven't nailed where, who the end users are at the moment because when you've only been tracking deals for seven weeks, every day for seven weeks, I haven't got a long enough timeline of where the great, greatest value is yet. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful question and that's pretty much top of line of what it should be learning. I think it lies, you know, if you imagine a Venn diagram of three, you know, circles intersecting, I think it lies at the, like the end user persona lies and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just a guess, uh, the, end, yeah. the end persona lies that someone who's interested in sports, 
course, or or the other technologies that you mentioned, the the other uh, industries that you mentioned, music, uh, e-commerce, uh, esports, gaming, and all those those industries. Then the then there's the side of finance, right? Who's who's who cares about the deals? Who cares about where money is flowing? That could be investors. Uh, that could be angels. That could be funds. That could be VC. You know, venture capitals, venture capitalists. Um, and then there's also like the ones interested in like the emerging tech or the startups. Yeah. And, th and that's that's the intersection that you're looking for. Um, and for instance, me, I'm a big fan. I create content around around that intersection. Uh, you yeah. know, even in my newsletter, I've spoken about music and sports. I've spoken about e uh, yeah. about esports, about gaming, about the different sources of uh, different types of like finance finances and businesses uh, in sport. So I I th I, th I feel like it could be a really good tool and source of information for for people who are either researching or trying to understand more on 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 that space and i think it's an exciting exciting space um clint so i'm looking forward to it one other area that you've been doing that we we were discussing before is that something you and me have in common is that we by by creating content being in close contact yeah. with both um uh investors and also Uh, founders and startups in 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 sports and technology specifically uh, you can also add maybe music and, and the other industries that you that you're interested in as well um, you, we, we've been both very close by to those to those two you know stakeholders the investors and the the startups or the, or the founders um, yeah. and then I I also realized that you and me we, we also have this thing that we both Uh, sat down with a couple of startups to, you know, give them some recommendations on how to raise capital. We yes. also, you know, send some some pitch decks uh, if, uh, quite often to investors that could be interested in in investing. Um, but how about we talk maybe on more on the more practical side, meaning on the oh. things that you and me have realized around raising capital that could be useful, mainly let's say for startups that are out there looking to raise some cash. Um, what would you say are, let's say one or two things that they should avoid uh, doing when they are raising capital? Is there one or two that come to mind? It's a good question. And I'll do my, it's a good question. I'll do my best to keep it very simple. I mean, startup building is very chaotic, of course, but the kinds of things, if you're, if you're putting together, say a pitch deck, don't, Don't bullshit or overstate a lot of a lot of numbers and figures. The total addressable market is one. Don't bullshit it. Revenue. Don't overstate it as if it's going to be a, a hockey stick growth from year one to five. It may not. It's be realistic. So maybe you you flip it and you took. Quite often, pitch decks can be very light on product. It can be very light on product. It can be very light on the team itself. It can be very light on the problems they're solving and what the vision is. Don't get lost in don't get lost in the numbers. Really drive the thesis and story and and what you're building and what it solves. Yeah, get into that. Because and you know what the the thing, with that that's 
that that is also something that does burn cash to yeah. be realistic that you may not you may not swing to profitability but it may also be about capturing markets it's that's so that that's why you can't get lost in in being revenue focused when putting together a pitch deck yeah that's one that's one thing i noticed because quite often pitch decks that have been sent to me are very um they they do state high profits rather quickly sure. and i don't think that's realistic i don't think that's the story to tell sure no i've seen that as well and uh, the one the other one that i've seen is um that startups usually don't or probably don't put as much effort or as much attention in the small details say on the formatting and on uh on specific like super small details on design of how it looks how it feels um because here's what i've realized okay so yeah investors yeah. are usually busy and what they want is they want to they want to it's hard to sell right but you can't sell with only a presentation you gotta meet so the idea of a pitch deck is just to get a a meeting with the investor and and since he's busy yeah. he's gonna he's gonna take one or two minute tops to look at your your presentation and decide if he wants to meet with you or not so yeah in my mind you gotta make it appealing or and easy to see good design good formatting you know putting attention to detail so that it makes it convinces you to it convinces the, the sorry the the investor to actually want to have a meet at a meeting with you because that's not going to be the thing that sells it's going to be the the uh, well sells i mean raise capital but it's going to be the 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 founder or the founders that are going to be the ones yeah. raising not really the presentation but the presentation is is just so important that i i feel like sometimes sometimes they over, just overlook those details it's you've got to be accurate with everything be accurate it's yes it's got to look good it's got to it's got to everything presentation matters it's got to flow you've and got to feel well right like it's, it's, it's gonna have give them a sense that it, it feels well you don't want anyone that's reading it to break their concentration and go you don't want the feeling yeah. where they're they're taken out of the story so if you're sell, yeah. if, you, if the pitch deck is a story and then they see miss misplaced um misplaced design if you take them out of that two minutes where yeah. they're flicking through your pitch deck Well, you might lose them. So, but again, you're right. You, the pitch deck is yeah. designed to get you into, get you a meeting, to get you to another meeting, then another one as well. So, so. What else do you got? What about the networking phase? Is there any specific advice that you have for those founders out there that don't really know how to either reach out or get in close contact or get a warm intro? Anything, any takeaway that, that, or advice that you would give them? That's a, That's a great question because it's hard, if you're reaching out to people cold is is a hit is a hit and miss game. Sometimes you get someone will call back. Sometimes they don't. So, so have a when you're reaching out to potential mentors, advisors, uh, people that you just want to learn from. Quite often, quite often you. You don't want to, don't sell, don't be overly needy and, and salesy when you want to learn or talk to someone. That's always the first thing. Yeah. So be very clear that when you talk to people and you want to, 
you want any mentorship or advice is that quite often, quite often the best thing is to learn from, ask that you learn from the person, maybe you learn from the person you want to reach out to. No, I feel like it's a great point. I feel like the, the the better way to say it is to be more purposefully oriented and not be just reaching out because the mon because of the money or because you want them to just invest. Be, be, because this is this is something that I've seen is that people miss out on the point on on getting uh, to speak with an investor. An investor has so much knowledge and, and so much perspective that even if you 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 can get an, uh, the feedback from him, even if he says no, okay, the idea is that. Yeah, that's that's the whole point. Like you want him to say no because else, you know, if he if if he's giving you a I don't know answer or let me get back to you or I'm not sure about it right now. I feel like it's like selling, right? If if you don't get an answer, it's because you're not you're not um you're not putting attention on why this person is not interested in your product. So, I, what what I think is that people usually miss out is that they should be proactively looking to learn as you mentioned what are the things that their pitch deck misses or what are the things that they could improve in the product or what are the things what maybe maybe it's it's a matter of uh you know reshaping the story or the messaging or or maybe you understand that those those people don't understand it as as quickly as you so you need to find better ways of explaining so it's a matter of communications right so it's about detecting that where that pain in the need to say no of an investment from an investor or a VC or an angel or whatever, where is that that pain point? You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's where we're, we're trying to get at. It's, and to extend on that is don't crazily send your pitch deck out to anyone because it probably won't get read. It's research who you're going to speak to. Um, talk to them, talk to them about the industry, talk to them about their work. You're trying to talk, if you're talking to a VC, talk to, ask them about their work. What do they look, what do they look at? You know? Um, yeah. They have specific segments that they look yeah. at, right? They, want, they they could be either looking at health and, and wellness, or they could be t looking at sports betting. And those are two very different, two different segments that, You know, if you don't put attention to who to reach out, you're gonna make a huge mistake because that's. I feel like that's a that's a play. It's like missing out. Once you missed out on 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 them once, like you're never going back. I feel like so. And the other, and the, you know, like doing your own, re, doing your, your research before. And I think you know, and, just going to war with your pitch deck, right? And I think quite often, I'd say a lot of I'd say a lot of VCs and investors would have their guard up, knowing that a lot of people that speak to them, a lot of people that speak to them. Probably they they probably expect to be sold something. So, but mm -hmm. you know, quite often a lot of VCs aren't your, aren't the right fit. But you can still talk, you can still learn something from them about you know you know how they you know how they look at companies. What are how yeah. is how they look at companies? Do they, how do they how do they do? Um, you know what um, you know it could be. I'm trying to think now. Actually, I'm trying to think now without being too technical. Yeah. Um, You know how they look at, say, burn rate or revenue, or how they look at, yeah. or the, how they assess the industry as well. It's so it's. I think it's so surround yourself. You know, surround yourself with people who can ask you hard questions. Yeah, I like that. That's that's, that's probably it's. You know, you you know, mentors and advisors and people you want to learn from aren't. You know, they 
you know, these are people, people who aren't your friends. So people aren't your friends, people who aren't. So you need people who ask you hard questions, questions, and he'll keep, he'll keep persisting with a harder question. So you, so, you know, it makes you feel uncomfortable, but, you know, anything that allows you to, to keep learning and iterating is probably is one thing for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And in terms of like a checklist for of pitch decks, what they sh they must include, uh, or things that you consider that are very important to to have. Um, what are some of the things like just as a list or as elements? What would you say uh, are the probably the key the key points? It's team. Who are the people? Who are the people driving the business? Product. The product, the product, what is the product? What does it do? What does it solve? What market are you going for? How does it make, how does it, how does it make a business run? And then the narrative. So by narrative, then it'll be, how does it make businesses run efficiently? And if you, and if you're early stage, but you, you've got an, you've got a, a prototype or a minimum viable product or something like that, who's used it? What have they said? case studies actual practical actual practical wins and losses and and it'll be we when people have you 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 talk about how the product or technology has been used this is this is this goes before this goes before revenue yeah so then and then be yeah like the, the product market fit it's like how exactly has the product found its market yeah. And I feel like it, it, you mentioned that, and, and I think that's super important is to like, it really depends on what stage the startup is at, right? Not every startup, not every company is at the same stage, at the same yeah. size, or in, in the same process of raising capital. You know, they may have uh, raised some funds already, or it's, it's all dependent the there. Of course, it's different, mm -hmm. but it's, but, but it's you, part of it. So, you know, you want the deck. If it's a short pitch, and there's no probably hard and fast rule for a deck, maybe, it's, you know, it could be, say, 10 slides, 12, 14. It depends on depends where you're at in the business. A pre-seed company, though, doesn't have product market fit yet, for the most part. They're searching for it. Talk about how you're going to uh, obtain product market fit. Case So is it case studies, iterative technology? So you, you don't have a lot of revenue to to talk about so you talk about the problem you're solving you know you can talk about it, it could be a timeline of where the business is at we've gone yeah. from here in 2019 we're here in 2021 this uh, and yeah. this is what we this is what this is where we're at this is a roadmap roadmap is in another important thing what's the product roadmap you know we right. we you know we've hit this target this target we're going there it's but it should all be but it should all be rooted in the one thing so you know so it should all be rooted in the story, the narrative of it. What, what is the business and the product or the technology? What are you solving? How are you solving it? Yeah. How does it make, how does it improve efficiency, make life better? It's, uh, it's yeah. those are the kinds of things, or the, it could be that, or what is the thesis? What are you aiming to do? What's the, what's, what's the, what's the dream? What do you, and why you do it yeah the story is just so key tell the story I mean, and me me as a like i feel like 
I feel like I've something I've realized from content creation, and I'm sure that you've you've realized it as well. Is just the power of how great stories yeah. um, can can communicate ideas way more efficiently. So learning how to become that communicator and and putting that putting that story in in paper in a presentation, a pitch deck in ten slides of why your company is why they want to solve the problem that they want and and how they're exactly going to do it i think that is that is something that is probably you know so underrated like it could it could save so much people so much time by just learning how to put the story in paper in a way that it's compelling in a way that is engaging in a, in a way that includes you know elements of good writing of good storytelling so Yeah, I think that story is just probably the, the if 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 you guys have to take one thing away from this conversation with Clint is that story is so key. It is. It is. <laughs> it's well said. Clint, um lastly, I want to just cover real quickly um given your uh experience with, you know, being with all those like different startups out there and seeing new trends, seeing new companies and also yeah. being in touch with different um, startups at the same time while supporting them in the whole, you know, raising money process and everything. I wonder if there's like some things that you would advise um, whether startups or investors out there to keep an eye on. That could be Ooh. whether whether yeah. that's specific companies that you like or specific technologies or trends that you're enjoying uh, so far that you think you're bullish on uh, the next couple of months? One or two tops that you want to share with us uh, before we go today? Sure. It's, uh, I do consider this a lot. I do, I've written about it in, on Bullpen. I've written about it in my newsletter as well. Uh, so some of the trends, deals, companies that I've been looking at, I'll break it down pretty quickly, is that we're going to start seeing a lot of creator tools as a trend. Uh, creator tools in, it could be creator tools for uh, music, you know, direct to fan, uh, creator tools for de developing contents, um, creator tools for social commerce, creator tools for, it's the reason, the reason being, is that creator tools then lead into direct-to-fan platforms. I think that's – so when you, put those, when, you put, when you put those together, that's going to be a trend going forward because I think one of the issues that a lot of businesses face is – one of the issues that a lot of businesses face is that if they're very well wedded to social media platforms, they're – they could actually lose a lot of their fans and community pretty quickly. So direct-to-fan platforms will, will be the go because it's about community building. It's about data ownership. It's, always, it's also about you can create a community out of every niche you can. So when I put all of that together, I'd be looking at some platforms and business models that look at direct-to-fan and allow... Um, allow creators to have the tools to be able to go direct to fan and build up their communities from there outside of any social media platforms. Those are the trends.
Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoy this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.